This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Artbase. Are you managing an art collection or an artist studio or a gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to manage your art business. Artbase allows you to track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and you can use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and so much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com today to learn more and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. This week's episode, we wanted to explore a topic that we haven't dived into previously. There's been an increased amount of coverage in the news over the past year or so about mundane laundering efforts in the art market. The art market's largely unregulated, and buyer and seller identities are often not known. And I think, especially as the art market continues to expand and remain geographically diverse, coupled with a high level of non-transparency, the art market's become a very attractive market for those who are involved in illicit activities and money laundering. Late last year, the EU enacted regulations in the art market requiring increased anti-money laundering efforts. And this isn't just impacting larger companies like auction houses, but also smaller entities, including galleries, dealers, and even artists. AML is a complex and important topic that's often overlooked, and so in this week's episode, we're really happy to chat about the topic with Susan J. Mumford, CEO and co-founder of Art AML. Art AML is a technology company that provides anti-money laundering checks and expertise for the art market. So we hope you enjoy the episode with Susan. Susan, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. I think some of our audience may not be familiar with AML, or they've heard the term, but they aren't familiar with the intricacies of it. So to start things off, Susan, can you tell us what AML is exactly? And also, there was recently the introduction of a major AML regulation in Europe that's starting to impact the art world in a variety of ways. What is that new regulation? So I'll start with the definition of what anti-money laundering is and then I'll tell you exactly what's what's changed and maybe if we can consider some positives a couple of those so that the point of anti-money laundering legislation being introduced is basically to identify and ideally prevent businesses from being targeted with money laundering and even terrorist financing activities so if say an art business is targeted and someone criminal is successful in, in money and in, in laundering money through that entity, then unfortunately that art business would become involved in illicit activities. And whereas governments have been introducing AML legislation into other sectors for a number of years, art is only now being brought into scope, as you were suggesting. Consider a couple of points. One is that art as an item, it's easy to transport. Price fluctuates easily. So anything that's maybe would seem odd in, in other industries. Well, a price might skyrocket seems normal. And there's there's a culture of secrecy, which actually comes into this as well. And those those points make art an easy target. And secondly, if, if criminals have been finding it more difficult to wash dirty money, uh, 
to make it clean in other industries that were already regulated, that means that actually art is then likely to be targeted all the more because, well, it wasn't regulated until 2020. Um, as for how it came to be, a former member of European Parliament, who we talk with regularly, credits the Panama Papers for the EU introducing basically the art market into the fifth money laundering directive that was passed in May of 2018. And it was to be put in place by EU member states as of the 10th of January 2020, which has now passed. The UK was still part of the EU on that date and has implemented when people ask me, oh, might the UK actually not do AML? The answer is no. The UK has always been a leader in the EU, well, when it was part of the EU, uh, with, with anti-money laundering initiatives. It could change some of the parameters, but it will still implement AML as a general point, including with the art market. And each member state um, was expected to pass it because of the p- pandemic. There's some there's some dates that, are, that have shifted in various member states and some positives. If we want to think about, OK, what might this introduce that could be helpful to the industry? I say this as an ex-dealer, gallerist and advisor myself, a long-standing art market entrepreneur. I understand it's nice for art to go to good homes. And Tim Schneider, for example, from the grey market, suggested that this could even attract a different type of buyer to the industry that's been put off by, that have been put off by some of the headlines. So let's see if it changes some of the makeup of, of who we find coming to the art businesses and then having that confidence about where the art is going. And the introduction of this new regulation has really impacted art transactions in Europe. I think the best way to illustrate that is if you can walk us through what galleries and art market participants exactly are doing with buyers since the change. So if our listeners do buy art from Europe, there might be additional requirements or steps from them as a result of these changes. Right. And I'll kick off by saying with the international nature of the art market, the fact that differing as you're saying, art market participants, which is the term that the UK has adopted to apply to anyone who is caught by this legislation. Um, Because of the international nature of the industry and some of the transactions, it can make it challenging to proceed with transactions because some people are obliged entities and some people are not in a multi-party transaction particularly. And that's actually one thing that could be helped if other jurisdictions were brought into scope as well in time. And the nature of doing business these days is such that I would be very surprised if other jurisdictions did not in time bring in equivalent legislation. So in terms of what they're doing, well, let's just say that there are early adopters and there are those who haven't done anything at at all yet. I mean, at the moment, the time of recording, we're 11 months into this legislation. And I mean, frankly, the the dust is is still settling insofar as how art market participants are expected to comply. So the guidance in the UK that was created by the British Art Market Federation is due to have some updates, hopefully by the end of this year, because the government is realising the complexity of the art market and has even said to us, the sector lead at HMRC, Her Majesty Revenue and Customs, which supervises the industry for this for this legislation has said that the art market is the most complex industry in context of AML that he has come across in his time. So what people are doing, well, I would say that a number of art market participants, probably the majority who are doing something about it, are still doing things manually. Uh, There's some some maybe galleries that are that are complying that are using various systems to do various parts of the checks, taking ID from a collector 
checking a collector against a politically exposed person register, checking if a collector is a sanctioned individual or is representing a sanctioned country, in which case you're not to transact with them at all. That also applies to the USA. And those of those art market participants who come to RTML are then able to use one platform to take them through those checks instead of maybe using four different platforms or however many they're, they're finding that they do need. Um, I would say that actually something to bear in mind in terms of what apps are doing, that is art market participants, we generally break the checks down into three areas. It's the artworks and provenance. Whilst that's not actually directly part of the money laundering regulations, it's actually brought into scope. This is in context of the UK uh, because what the money laundering regu- regulations do is they bring in what's called the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002. And that means you also, in the instance of art, need to look at, well, where's the art coming from? And if it's on the secondary market, that does necessitate that you conduct provenance. So we, we say, okay, consider the art and the provenance that's being sold. Look at the customer. And so art market participants will be identifying who the customer is. They'll be checking them against PEP and sanctioned databases, as I mentioned, in terms of their primary resident residents at their country. So where are they based? Is that a high-risk country or not? And and then the third point is under that is transactions. So thinking about just the it's the way that the transaction is being structured and are is there anything suspicious? So what are the what's the source of funds? What's the person's source of wealth? It's not to say you have to check source of wealth for every transaction, but you're just you're you're thinking through and going does this all seem right? Does everything line up? Does the fact that that collector lives in one location, the money's coming from a different location, the art is actually going to a different location entirely, does that all make sense in context of the transaction and what you know about that person? So it's um, it, people are conducting checks if they're early adopters, and it's really a way of thinking is what I would say about it. And so you co-founded ArtAML. What is ArtAML and how do the tools you offer make it easier for businesses in the art market to comply with these AML regulations? Right, absolutely. So we're, we're based as a company in the UK and our platform broadly supports individuals who are conducting AML checks in the art market under the fifth money laundering directive of the EU. People need to be aware that if they are based in the EU. They just need to be just need to think: Is there anything different that that applies to them? And and also, in fact, we have people coming to us from the USA as well, because even in the states, you're not to, as I was saying, you're not to transact with sanctioned individuals or companies either. So, for what we do, we're a technology company that provides a solution for conducting this these checks. We what we say is basically that we unite technology and art market know-how to keep dealers dealing and buyers buying. I have long established myself as an entrepreneur supporting people in the art market. And when I found out in September of 2018 that this legislation was coming in in 2020, I was immediately struck by two things. One was I understand why governments are wanting to prevent art businesses from being the target of money laundering and terrorist financing. And on the other hand, how on earth are small art businesses going to going to do this? I have for many years done a lot of business consulting with with various entities in the art market, right from from artists down to kind of uh, gallery operations and knowing those models and knowing the variety of size of business 
it was an, an immediate concern. And it so happens that my co-founder and CTO had long been working on AML solutions for banks. And when I was at that particular art business conference, finding out about this incoming legislation, I was messaging Dr. Chris King and saying, my gosh, AML is going to be hitting the art market. And within a week, we were developing our ideas. And so actually, the, the art AML solution, which is now in late beta stage and is actually soft launching in mid-November of 2020, We've been in development for more than two years. And what we're what we're doing with the solution is essentially bringing together the fact finding of technology within prompting the right questions to ask using a risk based approach to support our users in being able to make risk based decisions. And that's what it's all about. It's not a matter of us popping out an answer and saying yes or no, transact. The reality is that with this kind of law, it's the legal responsibility of that art market participant to make the decision as to whether to transact or not. If somebody is suspicious, then it's a legal obligation to report re- report them to submit a suspicious activity report without tipping that person off that you're doing that. And and so by using a technology system such as RTML, a few points there, you can be really confident about the security of holding this personally identifying information. It's really scary to be taking photo IDs and proofs of address from your clients, it gives a lot of assurance as well when they come across a solution like RTML where they can directly upload information into the system and not email. That's terrible from, from a cybercrime point of view to email such sensitive documents. And you can also be rest assured that when you t- when you have that photo ID uploaded, that it's being checked against a verification system so that is it actually just a library card from Singapore or is it actually a photo ID that's that's legitimate? You, and then you have these robust checks for PEP sanction and high-risk country. There's a provenance solution and we basically walk you through the process and enable you to keep everything in the platform. You never have to download these documents locally to your computer. And we keep it for the period of time you need to keep these documents, which is five years uh, in case the government comes along to conduct an investigation. So we're trying to take something, as you can hear, Adam, that is pretty complex. It's actually still undergoing changes. We're still expecting this to come into other other countries, We're trying to make something pretty complex, simple for the users. And it will in the future, by the by, be possible as well for, say, compliance consultants to help art market participants working with RTML to do some of that front-end grunt work and ultimately the app making the final decision as to whether or not to transact, but with all of those tools available to them to help you make that decision. Yeah, it sounds like a really robust tool. And I also wanted to ask your opinion on how these new regulations are impacting the art market from a commercial perspective. It seems like these new AML efforts will result in a loss of confidentiality in the art market, which is important to certain parties for a variety of reasons. Is this being voiced right now as an area of concern for how AML may hurt the art market? And are there other threats to the art market from these AML changes that are being voiced? So people are definitely talking about this. And what this always brings back to my mind is when I was an early stage gallerist myself in London's West End. So we're talking about 2006. At that point in time, Artnet's findings, when you you do your your price database search, that was still new. And what I remember back then is art dealers going, oh, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my collectors could not see what I've bought a piece for. It's terrible. And and my take was very much so, listen, 
the future has arrived and we have to deal with it as best as we can and educate our buyers as to what value we're bringing to that. And so Chris and my take from day one of working on RTML has been that future in the sense of anti-money laundering legislation. It has arrived to the industry whether or not we want it. And we very much are, are operating as a company that's supporting the industry, working with the government to help the, the government in the UK and future, in, in future times with other jurisdictions to help those, those governments understand the industry, to help create solutions that will be able to support the art, the art market. And you're right. Uh, one, of, one of the cultural nuances of this industry has long been, it's long been this, this privacy and to speak to what you're saying, one one piece of advice that I have given to various art market participants, and in fact, I mentioned this in one of our IG Lives, we run an, an IG Live for our Instagram TV channel on Monday of each week, is, is we talked about, um, okay, from a business point of view, if you have to give information about your collector, let's say you're an art dealer, you're consigning a piece to an auction house, and you have to give the auction house information about your about your client on, whom, on whose behalf you're consigning. Um, what you can do is actually, in the, if we look at the UK regulations, and there will be equivalent uh, aspects of legislation in other, in other countries as well. In the UK, you've got Regulation 41. And Regulation 41 basically says if you are having to pass that confidential information to another business for the purposes of conducting AML checks, that business is not to use that information for their own commercial gain. So it's not to say that it could it could absolutely 100% stop them from doing that. But what it can do is it can help you have a way to remind them to say, hey, Regulation 41 is here. It's law. It's part of these money laundering regulations. And so I'm only giving you this information so that you can you can actually do your due diligence as well. We're partners in this transaction. And thank you very much for adhering to that. I really appreciate it. So you can approach that in a way of, listen, it's the law. Just you know, FYI as a, as a quick little reminder. Now, that said, it's worth noting that there is a difference that, I, that is helpful to distinguish as well between transparency and privacy. They are different things. So whilst the actual transactions might have an, an element of, of increased transparency, which we would expect the industry to be going towards as well. I get calls I don't know, three, four times a year about a new blockchain initiative doing authentication of art it looks like that's probably the way that things will go down the road in, in the long term anyway but it's not to say that say the privacy of a collector's personal data that 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 would actually be publicly available there there are, you know that's just not the case so that personal data is still personal in fact in the rtml system if a sales user there are different levels of user if a sales user say inputs the information once they've approved a collector as as a quote-unquote customer they're no longer able to see the person identifying information available on a photo id or proof of address so so there are ways that technology can help to protect that information as well and we'll see the way that the legislation goes at the moment we are in the middle of conversations with hmrc 
helping to inform them about how art market transactions, including modern online ones and global ones, uh, helping them understand the different parties that are involved in transactions. And we might eventually find that not every single party has to know all of the, the details of every party in the transaction. We just don't know how that's going to look from a long-term point of view. So maybe at some point we'll have an update as well, Adam, that we'll, we'll have more clarification, but the dust is still settling. It's still early days for the art market. Let's watch the space is what I would say. We've been focusing a lot on the regulations in the EU and the UK, but what's going on outside of those areas in the art market? For example, in the US or Asia, are there regulations in these places? Are they following certain AML practices? Well, the what's been interesting to us is to have received so many inquiries from the USA, actually. There was one dealer of high-end handbags who is being regulated through the back door by her bank. So the bank, which is, of course, a regulated entity, what they've said to this dealer of these handbags is, essentially, you're no longer to take payments from, let's say, Mongolia, but it could it could be different um, countries. And, and if you continue to take payments from those countries, we'll shut your account. So what we're interestingly finding is that through through other industries, actually, that some some art, art businesses and similar businesses are actually coming to us saying, we'd like to just go ahead and come on board. We were also speaking with a technology provider for the art market in New York, and what they were saying is that they're finding that a lot of their high-end galleries are already conducting a basic level of checks just because of the nature of transactions having changed in recent years and, in fact, support their gallery customers to go ahead and start doing checks now with the expectation that equivalent legislation will hit the states. They would like to go ahead and connect with our platform, let's say from a CRM perspective, to make it easy for those for those gallery clients to be able to then conduct checks if they wish to. Now, there have been various attempts over the past few years, 2017, 2019, to introduce AML legislation into the states. There was actually a bill that was passed through the House in the autumn of 2019 that made it to a Senate committee and then the pandemic hit. So it looks like there will be legislation coming down the road in the states, but we don't yet have that legislation going through now. And in terms of Asia, I've heard people float ideas about, say, particularly China, introducing equivalent legislation purely as, as such a significant, significant uh, art market. But we'll see what happens with that. What I would expect is that in the next five years, that gets us to 2025, that we will we will see an art market that, as a rule of thumb, does tend to tend to do these tend to do these checks, except for maybe jurisdictions that aren't kind of in line with with the US, the UK, the EU. Um, but it's it's a changing it's a changing landscape. And just like it's common for us today to know that we can see information on the value of works of art when sold from the major auction houses, well, this is going to become something. It's a cultural change that we're going through at the moment. And it's changing times for all of us. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how everything plays out in the next few years in each of these regions. And lastly, we were chatting a few days ago and you mentioned a product you just started working on named AML Pass. I thought it was pretty fascinating. What can you share with us today about the AML Pass product you're developing? Well, the AML Pass is part of our 
wider roadmap. And in fact, we were working on a mobile application before the pandemic hit. And now we're focused on a browser-based solution that you can access on desktops, laptops. You can do AML tracks anywhere on, on anybody, anybody, anywhere around the world, so long as they can, they, that collector can upload their information. And the, the original thinking was that what we would do, and we, we have now put this into our slightly down the road roadmap, is that it's a mobile application that enables collectors to upload their photo ID, their proof of address, and that they don't actually need to be taking those those items around, say, to art fairs, that what they can do is when they buy a work of art or do a transaction with someone else who's an RTML user, that they can the collector can authorize that that next RTML user to access the information that's already in the system. Now that that user still needs to check that they're happy to transact with the person that they still need to, they still need to do the checks and go through the risk based approach. This is really focused on making the experience all the more pleasant and as frictionless as possible for the collectors. That's really coming from my my perspective, coming from the art market. We have continually removed barriers to collectors as much as we can wherever we see opportunities to make make this process easier for collectors than we will. And in fact, we're, we're currently even looking at some some changes that we will make in 2021 to the current flow of the platform based on user input. So we're continuously looking at that roadmap and what what can we add to it to to help collectors enjoy buying art. You know they're they're very much so passionate about supporting artists. They love working with galleries and curators, and we want them to continue to enjoy that experience. It's not the same as when you go into a bank and set up a new bank account. You expect to do AML, but when you're buying a work of art, well, we want to make that as enjoyable as we possibly can. And there is then actually an associated level of the of the app as well, which I didn't mention to you previously, Adam, but instead of it being B2C, it's actually business to business. It's B2B in which we will be able to make it easier and faster down the road for art market participants to transact between each other because so many dealers and galleries do business between each other well why not go ahead put your information onto the system and then that means if you want to do something with another dealer you can pretty quickly do that via the rtml aml pass susan thanks so much for coming onto the podcast and chatting with us about art aml as well as really providing us with some much needed guidance on where things stand pertaining to aml regulations in the art market at the moment for listeners who want to learn more about your product offerings, what's ArtAML's website? Check out artaml.com and follow us on social. Look up ArtAML and you'll find us. Great. Thanks so much again, Susan. We really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. It's been a, been a joy to speak with you, Adam. Thank you. Thanks so much to ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Are you managing an art collection, an artist studio, or gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art business. ArtBase lets you track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data just once and use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to artbase.com, that's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com to learn more, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount.